We invite thy Holy's presence to be with us today as we study thy words. Grant understanding to the congregation to receive thy message. And grant me, O God, the wisdom from above. Yes. And keep me behind the cross of Jesus so that oh, only yes. Christ will be lifted up. Yes. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So, today our uh, title is Understanding the Law in Christ. And uh, by this time, again, uh, we will be talking about those, uh, uh, I should say, Christian history. There are, uh, there are so many believers who they say law has been abolished and therefore law is not uh, binding for us today. These are what we call anti-nomianism. The Greek word for the law is what we call nomos. Nomos. So there are people who do not like this law and they are branded as anti-nomianism. But there are people also who want still to follow the law and they are branded as legalism. So uh, the doctrine in the Christianity today is uh, of, uh, how do I say it? There is a controversy. Why? Because one of the major doctrine in Paul's uh, writings, especially in the epistles of Paul, the major uh, controversy is between the law and grace. So you can find it everywhere in his writing, writings. The law, the grace. But moreover, it talks in Romans and Galatians. That is why if you are reading your Bible in Romans, in English, and you will find a lot of the law, the grace. They said it's just, we are justified by faith and we are not under the law. But there is another passage which Paul was saying that we can be justified also by the law. So that's why the controversy comes in. Let's try to read uh, Romans. 319. Let's try that one. Romans 319. Alright. It says that now we know that what things soever the law said, it said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped in all the world may become guilty before God. That is about the law. In Romans 2.13, let's try that one. Romans 2.13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Now, here in this controversy, Paul is saying, on the other hand, that those who are keeping or obeying the law are justified. But on the other hand, Paul is saying that no flesh shall be justified by obeying the law. So there is now a controversy because he is talking of the same thing but in contrast to each other. And that is why we are come here today to discuss this morning the law and grace. Okay, so let's go back now to our presentation. The slide, please. 
Yes, understanding the law in grace. And the very text that we have is John 1, 7, 10. And as we read that, it says that the law came by okay. Moses. And that is exactly mentioned because there are so many laws in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. These Jewish people are actually following 613 laws. But imagine that. 613 laws. So, they said that this law is binding. But anyway, on the other hand, John is saying that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So that's the difference now. One is entrusted by the law, which is Moses, and the other one is instructed, entrusted by grace, which is Jesus Christ. Now, we are living in what we so-called dispensation of time. Now, let's understand what is the dispensation of time. Now, in the previous uh, or in, in the ancient time, we would say that there are so many dispensation of time. And in this, in, in this dispensation of time, God chooses people and they entered in what we so-called Covenant. Do you have this one? Amen. Covenant. So when you are covenanted with God, that means to say that you have an agreement to each other. Hmm. Now, let's talk about one covenant. It's not actually mentioned as a covenant, but that is what we so-called an Adamic covenant, or what we call Edenic covenant. Now, this covenant talks about the blessings of God to the people, to Adam and Eve. And that is also what we so call Noahic covenant. God also has covenanted with Noah during Noah's time. Again, God has promises Noah. There's so many blessings that will be given to Noah through their covenant. And another covenant is what we call Abrahamic covenant. Now in Abrahamic covenant, again, God has promised to Abraham that he will become a great father of all nations. They be the covenant. And from him, his physical descendants would be as, how do I say it? You count the stars. Ah, and in the sand on the or the sand on the shore. That is exactly what God has promised to him. His descendants shall be as much as this. But remember that in this kinds of covenant, say for example in the white covenant, God has given a sign. Hmm. There is always a what we call a sign. Now in that white covenant, God gave this rainbow as a sign. And God says that, again, he will, not he will never destroy the earth through flood. flood. As long as you are seeing this rainbow, that is the sign of God. That he will, he will never destroy the earth through flood. In Adamic Covenant, there is a sign in what is what we call circumcision. That's the sign to Abraham. 
that he will be the great father of all nations, but every male on the eighth day, all you have to do is to circumcise, circumcise them. And that is exactly the sign to Abraham. Another covenant is what we call David. the Mosaic, Mosaic covenant. What is exactly this Mosaic covenant? This is now exactly what we are talking about. The Mosaic covenant is none other than the law, the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments, the sign is given to his people, which is the Sabbath. Now, what is the Sabbath? Uh, there are a lot of Sabbath in the Bible. One is the seventh-day Sabbath. That is a sign. Another Sabbath is what we call the seventh year. It, they call it as Shemitah. Every seventh year, you don't have to tell the ground. Let all the plants in that ground grow, and everybody can get anything from them. That is the seventh, uh, seventh year, which is they call Shemitah. But the Sabbath of Sabbath is what we call the Jubilee. That is the seven times seven or the 50th year. That's the Jubilee. At that time, during the Jubilee, that is the proclamation of what we call release. So what is meant by release? Any form of release. If you are a prisoner, you will be released and you will be declared as free. That's the Jubilee. That is why in Luke 4, 16, 17, you will find that Christ was going to the synagogue and he was reading now the scripture of Isaiah 53. Or Isaiah 61, should say. It's, it says that he is proclaiming, uh, proclaiming the favorable day of the Lord. And he was talking about the jubilee. So jubilee means release. What is the good news in jubilee is that if you have a loan from anybody else, again, you will be proclaimed as you are free. What does it mean? You do not need to pay. pay. <laughs> that is exactly the point. So you are released. At the time, if you have so many uh, that's loan, then you are released from your debts. So that's the jubilee. Proclamation of God's favor, release. Jubilee. Another thing is, when we talk about of release, I don't know if you experience, no? Uh, one time, it's good to, to have this jubilee in yourself, no? Somebody might have a OU, and then you release him, no? That would be a good blessing from the Lord. And these Israelite people are actually celebrating this, what we so-called Jubilee. If your, uh, I should say, if your land is sold to somebody else, at the 50th year, again, it is proclaimed that you can give, uh, you can get it back. Why? Because the owner has to release again your portions of land. And that becomes, it belongs to you again, I should say. So that is what we call the Jubilee. Now all of these are what we so-called covenants of God. So 
in mosaic uh, uh, mosaic covenant in mosaic covenant uh, this what we call law it has a sign which is what we call the sabbath so we have mentioned the seventh day sabbath that is why there are people they are uh, there are people who are still uh, celebrating or worshiping on the sabbath day and i was actually one of them i came from what we saw called the seventh day adventist and they are worshiping on the sabbath day why why because they said that they have the sign of God. So that is what they believe in. So what we are going to discuss it this morning. And uh, let's see how we dig into uh, how we dig deeper the words of uh, God through Paul's writing. Okay, now I have a uh, put that, that uh, we have the key point which is the law, and that is through Moses. In Romans 3:20. We could find out that the law is the knowledge of sin. Let's try it. Uh, could you flash it? Romans 3.20. The law is the that in a couple as long as you are both 
living what uh, both of you are under the law. The wife is under the law of her husband and so to other. The husband is under the law to her wife. Now it says that what if the wife marries another? Next slide please. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So this is the analogy of Paul. If both of you married couple, living both, one marries another, and you are an adulteress. As to whether you are the wife, you marry another, you are an adulteress. You are the husband, marries another, you are an adulteress. Why? Because you are both Adulterous. bounded by the law. I hope that's clear. And that is exactly what the Bible says. For, wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So, now, Paul was taking his analogy now, is saying that those brethren in Roman, he said that you are dead to the law. That meaning to say, the law has nothing to do with them now. And you can now marry to another, which says that who is raised from the dead. Which means to say, Jesus Christ. Now, next slide, please. Five, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did the work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So, by the law, remember that the law, I mean, the sin is the transgression of the law. And the immediate consequences, the fruit of it is death. Six, but now we are delivered from the law. So, when you are delivered from the law, you died to the law, what does it mean? That being dead wherein we were healed, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of leather. Next slide, please. Seven, what shall we say then? We are delivered from the law. So, Paul was saying, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No. Meaning to say, No. Law is not sin. Although we are not under the law, law is no sin. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. And that is why the law is given for us to realize that we are sinning. According to Paul, he could not have understood or know uh, what is. Uh, Last, except that thou shalt, thou shalt not covet. And he is talking about the Ten Commandments. Because this wording of thou shalt not covet is exactly found in the Ten Commandments. So Paul here is clear that he was 
talking about the Ten Commandments, which is the law. Eight, but sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrote in me all manner of concupiscence, meaning to say, sexual desire, lust. For without the law, sin was there. Without the law, there is no sin. Because sin is the translation of the law. Next, please. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Next slide, please. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and it uh, and by it is me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, and just, and good. That's the pronouncement of Paul. That is why people are getting perplexed. Paul was saying that we are delivered from the law. We are not under the law, but then again, he upholds the law. He says that the law is holy. The law is good. It's just. 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? No. God forbid. But sin that might appear sin. Working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. So that is why realizing that you have sinned against God it is because there is a law. Other than that, you would not have known sin if there is no such law. 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. So this is now the argument of Paul. The law is good. The law is just. The law is holy. But then the problem is, the law is spiritual and we are carnal. And therefore, because we are carnal, we are failure in obeying God's law. No you one. see? No one. <laughs> so no one can follow exactly yes. what the law says. Even if you try for the whole life, <laughs> you cannot perfectly obey or follow law, God's law. Why? Because it is holy, good, just, spiritual. But we are carnal. We are sinful. And therefore, even if we try, how much we need to try, we will always, always be a failure. Next. Galatians. Let's try looking about Paul's writing in Galatians. It says now, Galatians 3, 6 to 26, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now, Paul is now shifting to faith. Because, during the time of God's covenant with Abraham, God declared Abraham as righteous not because of his work, not because he was following the law of God, but it says that 
Abraham believed God. And that was accounted for him as righteousness. And the scripture, the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith. Who are these hidden? The hidden people are those who do not know God. At first, Gentiles who are not members of Israel are hidden. We are hidden before we know God. So, according to Paul, in the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, Indeed, shall all nations be blessed. So there is a promise that God has given to Abraham at the time. And he preached unto Abraham the gospel. Why? Because, according to the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the hidden. Next slide, please. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. This is exactly now what I'm saying. Those who are under the law, they are under the curse. Now, the same people, anti-nominism, legalism, they are using the same scripture, but the understanding is different. Paul is clearly here saying that those who are under the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Curse is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do that. So, if you are not following exactly all the laws that are written in the book, then you are under the curse. So as we have said that we, we cannot follow the law exactly. We cannot follow the law perfectly. Why? Because we are sinful by nature. And that is why Paul was saying that if you are not continuing or you are not obeying the whole laws in the Bible, then you are under a curse. Eleven, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. So, have you seen how the contrast? Before, we have just read in Romans 2, 13 that those who are doing the law are justified by the law. But then Paul now is saying that no man is, is justified, justified by, the law, in the by the law in the sight of God. So, it seems that there is a contrast between the two. Now, what is happening is, some Christians now are getting perplexed. They are confused. That's why there are some Christians who are teaching now we have to obey the law. Otherwise, no, we do not want this law because we are already under grace. So, because Christians are confused, one of his foot is under the law. One of Another foot is under grace, and therefore, he cannot move. <laughs> that is why there is a stalemate in the Christians. Now, that is exactly what is the controversy discussing by Paul during his time. Next slide, please. And the law is not of faith. Remember that. The law is not of faith. Say it. 
The law is not of faith. According to what we have read, we are the children of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham believed God. And that is true faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. So that is exactly, Christ has fulfilled what is required by the law. Because we cannot fulfill what is required by the law, it was Christ who fulfilled for us. That the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Next slide, please. Brethren, I speak after the manner of man. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no one disannulled or added thereto. Now to Abraham in his seed were the promises made. He said not, and to the seed, but as of many, but as of one, and unto thy seed, which is Christ. Which is like this. And this I say, that the covenant, now, this is exactly what I'm trying to put now. This law and the grace, God talks about the covenant. And Paul now is saying, in this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. What does it say now? Remember that when God brought his people out of bondage in Egypt, Abraham came first. That's why there was a what we saw called an Adamic covenant. No. So Abraham was come first or has come first before Moses. So at that time, God has promised to Abraham already about Christ. But then, during the time of their uh, uh, stay in the desert, after 430 years, the law was given to Moses. But according to Paul, the promise that has been made to Abraham, it was not annulled. Now, what says then? For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Next slide. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression, till the, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Now we can see now the purpose of the law. Why the law was given? It says that it was added because, because of transgression. Of transgression. Now remember that when God brings his people out of the bondage in Egypt, God has given them blessings. Blessings upon blessings. But people keep murmuring and murmuring. Yeah. They complain. They complain. 
they are not satisfied with the grace of God. When they need food, God gave food. Mana. When they need water, God gave them water, but still they are keep murmuring. They complain. Why? Because they are not satisfied in themselves. But it says there that this law is now added because of transgression. So, one time, God called Moses to go up in the mountain and give this law. Next slide, please. Next slide. Is the law then against the promises of God? Again, no. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture has concluded that all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. So it's clear now that what is saying now is scripture now has concluded that what? All under sin. So nobody is excused. All are under sin. And therefore, the promise by faith through Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Next slide, please. But before faith came, again, before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should be afterwards revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after the faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. Now, again, Paul is using an analogy that before faith came, we are kept under the law. But let me tell you again this one. We said that we are, uh, we are not under the law. Now, remember now, I would like to point out one thing. Remember now that from the very verse that we have uh, read uh, in Romans 7, it says that Paul was writing about the law to those people who are under the law. What are we under the law? We are not Israelites. We are not part of the law. The law was given to Israel, to God's people during the time. But we are Gentiles who are just actually proselyte Jews, uh, Jews something like uh, they call it. Yes, uh, how grafted. grafted. We are just uh, something like we are just grafted. We are not under the law. Never in the history that Gentiles were under the law. That is why when Paul was talking about law, we need to understand, putting it into a perspective that he was saying about those Israelite peoples, the Jews, who are under the law. That's why in Galatians, Paul was talking in, uh, I was, talk, was talking to the Christian in Galatians, but there are perpetrators who are Judaizers, teaching the scriptures who are Gentiles to be circumcised. To follow the law, to observe the law. But Paul was saying, no, we are not under the law. We are not. He didn't say we are no longer. When Paul was saying we are no longer the law, he was telling to the Jews 
But when says when Paul says that we are not under the law, it is because we are not under the law. We are Gentiles and we are not Israelites. So that is exactly the big difference. If we are putting things into a right perspective, we could see and we could understand that when Paul was talking about the law, under the law, he is talking to the Jews. And not to us as Christians. Remember that Christians who are coming from the Gentiles, they are not under the law whatsoever. They are not under the law. And that is exactly the difference. That is why so many people are talking about the law, reading it into the Gospel of Paul. They are confused. Why? Because they do not understand exactly what Paul was saying about when he was saying we are not under the law. He's talking about the Gentile. When he says that we are no longer, because Paul, remember, is a Jew. That's why he says that we are no longer why because there was one time that happens in history that they were under the law that was during the time of Moses so Paul is clarifying that we are not under the law why because we are not part of the law we are not actually living during the time of Moses because we are now living in the time of Christ. That's why Paul is saying we are now under the grace. We are under God's grace. Amen. Not under law. So that's the distinction between the two. Okay? So now we could be able to distinguish that when Paul is saying about the law, it talks about those who are under the Jews, the Israelites. Okay? Now it says that wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. Now he was saying that the law. Sometimes it is called as a schoolmaster. In other uh, translation, it says at tutor or guide. So I, I think some other here who are teachers, they have students who are uh, they are giving tutor. Now when we talk, when we talk about tutor, tutor means to say that's not the real teacher because the real teacher might uh, may come during his time. When we talk of the tutor, he is only guiding the child to bring him or her to the right teacher. So as a tutor, this law once became a tutor to the Israelites. To bring them into Christ. Now, how is this law uh, could bring them into Christ? Oh, thank you very much. I am not, with this energy, I am now sweating. Now, <laughs> now, one time, these people, the Jews, were under the law. This law has become the tutor or the schoolmaster. But when Christ has come, it says that, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified. But how this law bring us to Christ? Now, we have already established that it is by law that we know sin. Paul was saying, to sin that may appear sin, it is because of the law. The law cannot do anything about our sin. It cannot even pardon us of the sin. Yes. In other words, Paul was saying that it's just like a mirror that you are seeing yourself, that you have sinned. 
Now, it says that this schoolmaster would bring us to Christ. Why? Because there is someone who could pardon you, who could erase the sin and forgive you, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Yes. That's why the schoolmaster or the law is bringing us to Christ to realize that you have uh, sinned against Christ and the law could not pardon your sin, could not forgive your sins. Now you are bringing to Christ to pardon you and to forgive you of your sins. And that is exactly Amen. what Paul is saying, that the schoolmaster now is just actually bringing us unto Christ. Amen. 25. But after that faith is come, we are no longer a schoolmaster. So see now, faith has come, and then uh, the teacher, the right teacher is there, so you are not under the schoolmaster or the tutor. Why? Because the teacher is already there. The real teacher is there. Amen. So this law has been set aside. You are no longer of this. You are no longer under this tutor. You are now under grace. Grace. So this is exactly what Paul was saying. Law and grace. Next slide, please. Now, let's talk about the grace through Christ. So there are only two. The law was given through Moses. This time, the law is given through Christ. Hebrews 8, 6 to 13. Let's see. What does... Next slide, please. Next slide. Yes. Verse 6. It says, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. covenant. Now, again, we are talking about covenant. Before, those, uh, the Jews were living under the law. They have their own covenant, as we said. But during the time that the faith has come through Jesus, it says that we have a mediator of a better covenant. Again, we are talking of a new covenant. In other terms, it is called as the New Testament. So we have a different covenant, covenant through Moses and covenant through Christ. Now we will try to establish what is the covenant in Christ. That's why we are Christians. We are covenanted with Christ. Remember, the last time I uh, talked about the salt of the earth, right? We are joined together with Christ. And let us not separate ourselves from him. Otherwise, we will be thrown to the ground and be trodden under foot of men. So that is why, let's try to see the covenant that is given through Christ. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises promises for if the first covenant again here is the first covenant we talk about the law of moses as the first covenant or the old covenant for if the first covenant had been faultless then should no place had been sought for the second what does it mean that the covenant given through moses the ten commandments has been faultless let's try the next slide please 
for finding fault with them. It is because through the covenant of God, through the people of Israel, it says that God has found fault with these people. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand of, of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. What happened to the people is that they did not continue into the covenant that was established by God to them. That is exactly the point that God has seen through these people, the Israel. Next slide, please. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after this day, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and I will write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be my people. This is exactly the same way God was covenanted with Israel. He calls them his people and these people calls them to their God. God is a God to Israel and Israel is the people of God. That is exactly what the covenant says. But in this case, during the time of Christ, he is now presenting a new covenant which is very much different from the first covenant that was given to Israel. 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to greatest. There is nothing more that will say, Know the Lord. Why? Because we know the Lord. Why? Because God has written the laws in our minds and into our hearts. That is why Paul was saying, This time, no need to tell your brothers and sisters, Know the Lord. Why? Because the Lord knows because the law is written in their hearts and in their minds. But remember that this law is not the same law that was written on the tablets of Most. stones. These laws are written in our minds and in our hearts. Next slide, please. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities when I remember no more. And that he said, a new covenant. He has made the first old, now which decayeth and waxeth old, is ready to vanish away. You see that? Because of this grace that God has wrought through Christ, we are now no longer under the law according to Paul. And what he again he was saying to his fellow Jews that we are now under grace. And now that faith has come. A new covenant was introduced by God. And that covenant, He has made the first old. And that old covenant is ready to vanish away. Now, next is like this. But after that faith is come, we are no longer as foremaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. As for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Next slide. 
there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither band nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are, ye are all one in Jesus Christ. You see, the goodness of God, Greek and Jews are no longer separated each other. No more Jews, no more Gentiles, no more male, no more female, no more bad, no more free. For we are all one under Christ. Grace. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 This is a powerful message of Paul. Remember that sometime the Jews and the Gentiles when they are mixed with each other. In fact, Paul has con confronted Peter one time. Why? Because Peter has something doing about the law when they are already under grace. That's why they are confronting with each other. There was one time that they have the a confrontation with each other. And Paul was saying that we are no longer under the law but under grace. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and ears according to the promise. Next slide, please. Now, this understanding about the law and the grace, I hope it's clear now Amen. that when Paul was saying under the law, he was talking about those people who are under the law, and that means to say the Jewish people. Yes. They are under the law. When Paul was saying we are not under the law, he was talking to the Gentiles Christian who are exactly the same as yes, and us today. Under by grace. We are not under law, but under grace. But Paul is trying to persuade his religious that we are no longer under the law. Christ has come already by faith through Jesus Christ. We are now one in Christ. No more Jews, no, no more faith. You see, during the time of Jubilee, as I have told you, as I have told you, you have been released. So you are not. Uh, the, uh, the law is not your master anymore. Yeah. Sin has not your master anymore. You have been released. That's why Christ, when he was crucified on the cross, he declared, it is finished. Amen. 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 You have been forgiven of your sins. Christ has been sinned for, you, for us. He has redeemed us from sin. So, we are under grace. Let's try this one. Uh, this is exactly what we have uh, our power text, John 1, 7. Then. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Amen. Now in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, let's see this one. It makes things clear on these passages. The sting of death. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. As long as we are living under the law, or as long as we keep on obeying what is says in the law, you are sinning. Remember that? So do not be confused that Christ has come for us to redeem and abolish the law so that we could say that we have now liberty. Next slide, please. 
But do not use this grace as an excuse for sin. It should not be a covering for you that you are sinning and you would say that you are under grace. Do not make it as a license for you to sin. Paul was saying that for brethren you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasions to the flesh but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thou as thy you see, all the laws that was taught to the, uh, to the Jewish people, those are don'ts, 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 don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. But this time, it says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And by that, it fulfills all the laws. Next slide, please. 2 Corinthians 3, 16-17 Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament This is now that we, uh, what we call the New Testament Which is through the grace of Christ Not of the letter, but of the Spirit So now again he was talking about the distinction between the two The letter which was written on the tablets of stones But of the Spirit For the letter, killeth But the Spirit, giveth life but in the ministration of death, again, the ministration of death, he was uh, death, he was talking about the law. Written in grace. And this grace, as we have discussed previously, this is the empowerment of God for all Christians to, in, uh, to overcome sin. So if you have this grace of God, you can freely say, you can walk uh, with, the, uh, with the good intentions, you can, uh, you can live a good life, without sin why because christ is with us Amen. in christ there is no sin and therefore by continuing with christ do not leave christ by uh, continuing with him you will avoid sin and therefore bear remember that sin is sin and there is no excuse for that we are christians living under grace let not sin continue in our mortal flesh. Amen. But the grace of Christ empowered us to overcome sin. That's right. Amen. Amen. Amen.